This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. To hear this and other episodes ad-free, listener shout-outs and more, help support the show through our official Patreon at patreon.com slash bleedersdigest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. All this month, we invite you in to the Bleeder's Digest Vault, a curated collection of some of our favorite stories. Hey, Bleeder's Digest listeners, Spider here to choose a past tale of terror from the vault. This week, I want to resurrect the story of poet Jonathan Penny, a desperate, pathetic soul that will do anything for a little fame and fortune. So get ready to enter literary hell in this week's story, The Buzz of the Last Dying Fly. This story is called The Buzz of the Last Dying Fly by Spider One. I walked down the hallway on the second floor of the Sunny Paradise apartment complex. Now don't let the name fool you. This was no paradise. This was a dump. Trash was piled up against the stained and cracked walls. The air smelled of boiled cabbage and disinfectant. And the sound of TVs turned up too loud, filtered out through the flimsy apartment doors. I had been asked to come here by a not-so-subtle request by one Jonathan Penny. Apparently had some urgent business to discuss with me. (laughs) It's always urgent. I reached the end of the hall and approached its door, apartment 16. I knocked. After a moment, the door opened to crack, the chain lock still on. A scrawny little nervous fellow peeked out, his glasses slightly fogged by the humidity in the air. This was Jonathan, Mr. Penny. His jaw tightened for a moment before he spoke. Oh, hello. Please come in, he said. He shut the door and I could hear him fumble and I knew the lock. Then he creaked open the door and stepped aside to let me in. I entered the apartment and took a quick look around. It was one room, dark, depressing, messy, typically human. The only remotely notable feature was the multitude of books filling shelves and piled amongst the clutter on the floor. Please sit down. I just made some tea. Would, would you like some? He asked. Tea would be lovely. Thank you. I removed my hat and took a seat at a small wooden table. Jonathan soon followed with two cups of steaming tea. He sat down across from me. There was an awkward pause of silence before he finally spoke up. 
thank you for being here. Uh, I must admit I was surprised that you even respond to my request. Oh, no, please. I take my responsibilities very seriously. I then took a sip of my tea. Uh, uh, careful, it's still very hot. I smiled at him and swallowed my first sip. No need to worry about me, Mr. Penny. Oh, yes, I, I see. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I can't offer you more than just the tea. I'm fine. I'm rarely hungry. He went silent again, his head down as he anxiously picked at his fingernails. Now I realize that most get quite nervous in my presence and I feel no particular onus to make them feel at ease, but my time is valuable and so I felt I must nudge my host to address the subject at hand. Shall we move on to business? That is why you asked me here, isn't it? His head popped up as if awakened from sleep, his eyes widened. Uh, yes, of course. I, I'm certain you're quite busy. He stammered. Quite, I said. Jonathan took a few deep breaths and mustered the courage to begin. He said, Yes, well, as you know, I am a writer, a poet to be more specific. And if I could put modesty aside for a moment, sir, I dare say a great poet. I had to laugh at this. <laughs> I haven't met one yet that has thought differently, I said. I don't think he appreciated my response because his head dropped once again in defeat. Please continue, Mr. Penny. Yes, well, the dilemma is that greatness doesn't often bring success. He said as if he had rehearsed this a hundred times in the mirror. I'm sure it's no surprise that public taste these days did not favor those such as you. Unfortunately, this is true, but with your influence, I believe this could change. He said with a childlike hopefulness. I took a moment and pulled a cigarette from my coat pocket. Do you mind if I smoke? I inquired. Oh, no, no, not at all. Do you need a light? Not necessary, I said. I snapped my fingers, lit the cigarette, took a long, slow drag. I exhaled and blew a smoke ring in the shape of a pentagram. Just a little trick I had perfected over the years. By the terrified look on Mr. Penny's face, I would say he appreciated it. Oh, yes, back to your point of influence, my friend. I have spent what seems to be an eternity trying to steer public consensus my way. I've had limited results, I explained. Yes, but I'm not wrong that you could give me what I want if you desired. You're not wrong, I said with as much humility as possible. I took a moment to soak in his desperation before offering a suggestion. Perhaps you should read me something. Let me hear this greatness for myself. More of the Bleeder's Digest Vault. The buzz of the last dying fly. After this. I took a moment to soak in his desperation before offering a suggestion. Perhaps you should read me something. Let me hear this greatness for myself. Yes, 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 if, yeah, of course, he said. Mr. Penny scrambled through a nearby pile of notebooks, eventually pulling one from the bunch. He anxiously flipped through the pages and finally landed on a poem. He stood before me, barely lit by the dull bulb that hung above us and cleared his throat. <clears throat> he began. Art is a monster that cannot love but can wage a war swifter and with more cruelty than any army. Like the buzz of the last dying fly, it is a confession of grief, the sad task of man not knowing how 
to do what he must. The death of death. Jonathan slowly raised his eyes from the page, looking for my reaction. I offered him a subdued nod and then my critique. I like it. It has a certain level of desperation that I find appealing. His eyes widened and he smiled a hopeful, if not embarrassing, grin. Then you will accept my offer? I found his enthusiasm nauseating. It's not that simple. Contrary to popular belief, I don't do deals with everyone that asks. But you said you liked my work. I do. Then Mr. Penny took a tone that I did not appreciate. He rushed forward, sweat was dripping from his wrinkled brow. He gripped the back of the chair and leaned into me. What then? I know you must have helped others less talented than me. What about those hacks? Pardlow, Hirschfield, for fuck's sake, even Landau is published. There's no way Landau got a deal without you. He barked. I suggest you calm yourself, I warned. He continued his pathetic rant, forgetting for a moment who he was speaking to. I can't. I need this. Look around. I live in squalor. This is luxury to some. He dropped into his chair in defeat. His head and hands, he began to sob a bit. I, I thought this would be simpler. I thought that... I, you thought that you could do a deal with the devil. I was beginning to tire of this whole affair and my tone became a little less cordial. You thought that by offering your soul to me, I would grant you what you want. Mr. Penny, you have read too many comic books, seen too many movies. <laughs> there is no contract signed in blood, no soul exchanged for fame and fortune or love or sex. The reality is I have more souls than I know what to do with. My days of soliciting have been over for a long time. Hell, my friend, is quite full. The look of disappointment on his face was quite amusing. Like a sad little child whose ice cream had just dropped under the ground. So that's it? I die a talented failure? He asked. Better than an untalented failure, I suppose, I said with a smile. You find this whole thing funny, don't you? Have you no sympathy? Me? Sympathy? Now that is funny. I'm afraid you have called upon the wrong team if it's sympathy you need. I began to get up from my chair. Please, I beg you. He grabbed my coat sleeve and hung on. I looked down at him and through the power of my gaze sent him back into his seat with a thud. Mr. Penny, don't ever touch me again, I warned. I could see that he was terrified, but... I wasn't here for that. I was here to listen and perhaps reach a bargain. I sat back down and calmed my voice. I want to show you something. What is it? He said, trembling. I want to show you what your eternity will be like if I decide to take your offer. I want to show you what I get if I give you success. Success, of course, being nothing much at all. You are, after all, just a poet. And as I've mentioned... No one cares about poetry. Yes, I know. You've made your point. Now, please, please, just show me. He begged. I stared at him for a moment. Pathetic creature. So needy and weak. I reached out and placed my hand on his head. He trembled from my power. Close your eyes, I said. He did. And I was in, in his head, in his body, in his soul. 
I showed him everything. Twisted, screaming faces, ugly and demented, swollen eyes, blinding, rolled to white, skin bubbling and peeling, licked by flames, pus-filled boils, bursting endlessly, filling a sea of sickness and disease, drowning in its putrid thickness, lungs full and burning raw, regurgitated bile, swallowed, expelled, and swallowed again and again and again, rabid beasts gnawing with jagged fangs, howling and moaning at a deafening volume, madness-inducing screeches, maniacal laughter, weeping, crying, pain, 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 bones breaking, cracking and splitting until only a sick bag of cancerous skin is left to be dragged over the hot, razor-sharp claws of a thousand angry demons. All the while, you are fully aware and conscious to every moment of torment for all eternity. I removed my hand from his head and released him from my control. He fell limp in his seat, stunned and silent. So, my friend, what do you think? Is it worth it? Is it worth having your soul twisted and turned inside out? Worth an eternity of madness, suffering, and torture? Is it all worth it for a few extra dollars and some meaningless accolades from pompous fools? He remained silent, just staring at the floor. I could see he was shaking, and his skin had gone cold and pale. Well, is it? I demanded an answer. He lifted his head slowly and locked eyes with me. And after a moment, a sickly little grin crossed his face, and he said, Yes, without a fucking doubt. The Buzz of the Last Dying Fly Written by Spider-One Featuring Spider-One as the Devil and Jonathan Penny Engineered by Tyler Connolly Production and sound design by Chrissy Fox Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider-One Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network